Hi, I'm Paul Tucker. I'm the Head of Growth and New Markets for Orange in Australasia, and I'm joined today uh, by Simon Bryant, our Head of Digital Data and Co-Innovation for The Beyond Mindset, which is our podcast where we're interviewing some really insightful IT leaders. So, hi, Simon. Hi, Paul, and uh, welcome, Ravin Mehta, founder of The Unbelievable Machine Company. Great to have you on the podcast with us, Ravin. Yeah, hi guys, how are you doing? Thanks for the invitation. And you're so, in Berlin at the moment, aren't you? So you're kind of from the other side of the world. Yeah, sort of from the other side of the world, in Berlin, exactly, yes. So we've got you up nice and early, Ravin. So thank you for, thank you for joining us. Um, for those that haven't tuned in before, the Beyond Mindset is a podcast where we're exploring with clients, partners and, and friends of Orange uh, what makes them tick? What's their background? What's, what's their personal experience in IT that has brought them to this point? And to unveil and explore different conversations as the, as the whims take us, uh, to, to see how their journey in IT has, has grown um, and what really sparks their fire for the future for technology, but also for um, a post-COVID world. So uh, without further ado, I will uh, pass over to Simon to kick us off. So let's go, guys. This should be a bit of fun. Thank you, Paul. Um, and Ravin, good to chat with you again. I think the last time we spoke was uh, in a really smart restaurant in, uh, in Berlin in the beginning of the year. Different time, a different place. It seems like forever ago. Yeah, when we, when we were historically able to do business travel, right? Yes, <laughs> and meet each other face to face without masks. Strange yeah. to think that was a time in our history this year. Um, Ravin, founder of the Unbelievable Machine Company, I'd love to hear uh, the story. Um, where did it all begin? What was the, the genesis, the origins, the idea, and some of your experiences? Yes, so I mean, uh, of course, there are uh, thousands uh, of IT companies in the world. And uh, probably the question is, why, why do another one? Yeah. And uh, to understand that, um, I think you need to see about myself that I'm, my, my roots are not in the IT industry. Yeah? So I still consider myself an, an outsider in, in, in the industry. I come from, from the music business. And after that, I spent a long time in the, in the digital agency world. Um, but uh, things I learned over there, um, I thought that might be interesting combination with a, with a, a product and a service from, from the IT field. Yeah, and when, when I left the agency world and went for, for the IT world, uh, it was the time when, there, when cloud computing was, was just in, at the beginning. And I thought in the first place, I thought it, it, that's an interesting concept of having compute power somewhere in the cloud. Yeah, and that was uh, uh, before you laugh, laugh yeah, it was like uh, 12 years ago or 13 years ago now. Yeah, so when it was really, let's say, an interesting concept, not like today where you everybody everybody knows what it is. <laughs> and um, so I, I must I tell you, I must tell you, Ravin, you're absolutely yeah. right. I must tell you a story about that same time. I can't, I was at a conference, a technology conference somewhere, and people was, I think it might have been one of the big ones, right? They were talking about starting to talk about cloud. And I came back to the to the uh, the stall where we where all of my colleagues were. I said, I don't know what this is, but we need it. We've got to get some of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, it sounded, it's, at that time it sounded it's exciting, fresh. Yeah, I mean infrastructure was a very well known term. It was all said: it's computers and data centers and cables and all that stuff. 
Um, and cloud computing put that on a more, let's say, more, more, more abstract and more interesting uh, level. Yeah. So availability of compute power without thinking about the computers. Oh. And I thought that was very interesting because it was sort of technology without technology. Yeah, if you like that. And um, and uh, so I thought that would be very interesting. So I thought I give it a shot. And I went to the bank and told them, you know, I want to make I want to found fund a company. And um, we will be the new cloud computing company in Germany, and we will be the competitors to Amazon Web Services. Yeah, 13 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the bank asked me two questions. First was, what's cloud computing? Second, what's Amazon Web Services? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but in the end, uh, you know, I got the money, and it was, uh, it was. Uh, I think it was good for the company that it was uh, was uh, all privately funded, so no venture capitalists or anything uh, in, involved. And um, that um, I, I think in the end that, that gave the company the freedom to to go to the market and, and be be successful and do things that normally are not by the book, yeah, but uh, but uh, were necessary at some times. And so uh, we started off with cloud computing, and we did a lot of uh, meetings, and everybody was excited. But the reaction of everybody was always the same. Well, that sounds super cool. Cloud computing, never heard of, but fantastic. But we don't have a budget for it mm. because we don't we don't know what it is and how to buy it. But guys, if you like to do uh, managed services with us, then we can do some business because you're a little interesting company and maybe we could, can do something better later on. And um, I think at that point, um, if you would be, a, a, let's say, a, a venture capital funded company, then these guys would probably tell you to focus <laughs> and stay with your product. But uh, actually, we didn't want to focus. We wanted to be in business. So we went with the managed service that we sold to customers while we were still marketing cloud computing. And then later on, year later, two years later, of course, then it was it became a let's say well-known term in the industry, cloud computing, and people understood how to buy it and how to use it. And um, the first innovative company, large companies in, in in the market, started to to buy into into the cloud cloud computing concept. And then you know off we went because we were already there two years ago when nobody uh, actually knew how to buy it. And, and um, that's um, just to I'd, I'd love to hear more of the story. But one of the things that comes to mind is you talk about your experiences in bringing a new technology um, to the market. Uh, you know, I think we're in a very similar place these days with with just new emerging technologies all of the time. And, and the conversation that I often get into is, um, well, I suppose the premise often in our businesses, you've got to be solving business value. You've got to be providing business value. You have to understand what the business problem is. The trouble, of course, with new technology, as you found out, is that um, no one actually understands what business problem uh, or business value um, this new technology can bring. So if you kind of look back on the last 10, 12 years, um, how would you solve for that these days? Would you, would you go after the business value regardless of the technology or what would be your advice or your guidance in dealing with that nowadays i mean if, if you ask me for today i mean clearly the technology is well understood right so it's clear what it can do um there's a, let's say also the customers are very educated about how to do it so everybody is very very informed about how, how to how to use technology but 12 years ago, of course, it was very different. And then it's, it's actually it's easier than to talk to the non-technology guys at the customers because uh, the business guys will be interested in, in the concept. 
and say, well, that sounds different and let's try something out without knowing what then, of course, if it's, if it's a, a premature uh, technology, of course, things don't work always as you, you know, as you would like them to work. Yeah, and you find out later when you started your journey. So it's, um, I, I found it easier to go with the business guys and uh, let's say dream about what, what it will be. Then uh, let's say do a POC with, uh, with the te technology guys. Yeah, and, um, and of course that has, has changed because now everybody knows how the world works. It's a well-known uh, technology. Everybody uses it, huge projects going on and yeah. that will probably continue for the next uh, you know, years, decades, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. So carry on with the story then of, of so you've obviously moved on in a sense or you've advanced um, since those early days. Could you tell us a little more of where you are and what you got there. So I mean, I mean the company took off uh, like like you know the the startup dream dream story yes it, it takes off and people start calling you and want to do business with you and uh, but uh, even that if you're a startup you think you know well that you have uh, you have found the the holy grail or something like that yeah and uh, so you think you, you should do something else and um, so we thought you know this new thing coming from Silicon Valley called big data that sounds interesting too and why not do something in that area. <laughs> um, and again, that's something that you probably can never do if you if you uh, you know if you have to make more people happy that are shareholders in your company. Yeah. yeah so uh, so we thought that data is the new goal that was uh, oh, that's no I don't know let's say nine ten years uh, ago that sounded also very interesting. So we started to put that on top of our cloud um, a, a computing business, and um, we repeated what we did uh, in, in the first 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 place. Yeah, we went to, to all our customers and prospects and said, look, big data, data is a new goal. You have to do something about it. And the reaction was pretty much the same. That sounds absolutely fantastic. That's so exciting, but we don't have a budget. We can only do normal IT stuff because that's what we budgeted uh, 12 months ago. So uh, if you want to do business with, that, you, with us, you can do something in that area and then we just repeated what we did with, with cloud. Now we did some, let's say, more traditional IT business with customers until everybody understood what, what's this whole big data thing going on in data science and, and all these things. And again, we were seen as the first movers in the market because we, we, we talked about it two years because, before people started uh, actually buying stuff in, 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 the, in this new field. Now, and if you look at, then at the company today, um, we are we are still a hybrid of data infrast uh, infrastructure and cloud and uh, data on top of cloud, and that uh, that goes uh, that, that's that's uh, that's um, a success story for companies who want to do large infrastructure-driven data projects, you know, like in the IoT space or you know, large corporate uh, cloud and data projects. Yeah. So this um, this term of you know data is the new is the new gold gets gets used a lot um and and I, I find it really interesting because gold you can see and touch um and you know you can have it in a watch or a ring and and people you, you see the value um the challenge i think with data and i'm interested in your perspective here is what's good data and and what's noise in the data and what's the how do you get to the value that comes comes with the good data yeah, I, I think the interesting thing is that, um, I mean, first, of course, uh, it, you, you know, the more data you have, the better. Yeah, so, but then if we talk about noise or not noise, 
I think if you really want to explore what you have and uh, you, you stay in this picture data as a new gold, then even the noise might be the, might be the gold and you don't know in the first place. Yeah? So you can still go and say, that looks like noise and I'm not gonna go into it, but maybe that's the interesting part of it. Yeah, so I think that's I'd say to keep an open mind. Yeah, to have a creative mindset, uh, and and to look into uh, into uh, data sets and uh, not say mm, how can I get rid of the noise. I think that's that's part of the trick, and that's part of of what's different uh, versus a traditional BI. Yeah, that's quite let's say structured, and you clean the data, and then you do your algorithm and then stuff like that. But um, that has been there for I don't know uh, fifty years, hundred years. Yeah since people write uh, numbers on pieces of paper. And uh, the interesting part with data science and, and all the new things, also AI and machine learning and so on, that's um, that you, you know, it's not, you should not say it's, it's noise. Yeah, it might be your gold. Mm. And, and do you think your creative background in, in agency land and in music also brings a, an approach to the unbelievable machine company where people are looking at things in a more creative way. Do you, do you draw that parallel often or is that uh, a, a big leap? Yeah, I think, I think that, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if, if you ask me about what's, what's different about UM, then, then clearly, um, you know, my, my background is not in IT, as I said, and clearly that, that helps differentiating the company and keeping an open mind. Yeah? So, because uh, I personally, I never look from the IT side on things, never. Yeah. Yeah, it's more for me. That's more like like a tool that helps you do things. But it's like a guitar. Yeah, a guitar helps you to write a song. So data science will help you to look for gold in data sets. Yeah, so, um, and, um, and I think that 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 makes a difference yeah. in the end of the your digital your marketing background is is very apparent in the way that you told the story. And I love I love the way that you you kind of translated cloud. Uh, um, and that was obviously with the hat on is how do I make sense of this as a, as a marketing professional in terms of, of selling this to an audience that just has no idea. So that's, and I guess that's been a common theme right throughout your leadership of the company. Um, I'm curious about the music, the musician side of you. I mean, do you sit in the boardroom and sing songs together or how does, how does, does music play a part in, in how you lead and influence the culture? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that even at Universal, they don't sit in the boardroom and sing songs, I guess. <laughs> um, Sorry, no, I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, in, in every, uh, you know, in every place where you have been in your life, you, you learn certain things and you learn, for example, you learn how to deal with uh, people. And in the music industry, there are a lot of creative people that have a lot of potential in doing new and interesting things. Yeah. And um, these people are not different from, let's say, data scientists or other, let's say, creative uh, minds. Mm. And um, let's say, uh, to, to um, in the end of the day, if you want to be in, um, successful in, in, the, in the music industry, you have to combine business sense with creativity and make that into a great new product, service, uh, whatever you want to call that, copyright. Yeah? And uh, I think that's sort of the same for, 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 for UM, yeah, that uh, you have creative, interesting, forward-thinking people and you have, but still you have to earn some money and you have to connect that with some business rationale. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's uh, very similar in the end of the day and it's similar in the, in the um, advertising industry. Yeah, you have creative people, but you have connected that to business and business value to make, um, to make that into a successful uh, company. 
Uh, we you talked about the Holy Grail earlier on in the piece of this, and of course there'd be many people that once they've found the Holy Grail would just hold on to it for a dear life and, and not move anywhere from that space, but clearly you were kind of looking for the, the next challenge, and, and that's been, I think, an important part of the story is, is, is taking on the next challenge, being the first mover to market. Um, must have been a scary time, but has brought its rewards. Would you kind of reflect in terms of anybody starting up a company in this day and age, uh, what wisdom you might offer them in terms of seeking to be <laughs> an, IT, an IT company or a first mover IT company? Wisdom, I mean, I, I, you sound like I'm so old here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I'm already ready to, to spread wisdom across you know, people. Um, no, I mean, in, of course, if you, if you, um, if you want to do business, I think the most important thing are you have to pick the right guys. Yeah, and maybe the right guys are not the obviously right guys. And um, the only thing I can say is uh, don't read too many books about how to build companies. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's it, not that uh, that's it's wrong what's there, but also that it's so let's say it's so mainstream that the trick is in in the non-mainstream parts that are not written in the books. Yeah. And uh, then, then of course, um, you know, there's a saying in Silicon Valley I read somewhere that it's not about the idea, it's about the execution. And I think that's true also. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can have 1,000 great ideas, but in the end of the day, the trick is in, are you able to execute on it? Yeah, you have this idea, you want to do cloud computing, but then do you know enough guys who are willing to buy your service, although there's no rational reason for that? Yeah, you have to find these guys, you have to make it business, you have to get, have cash flow, you have to have... Uh, uh, EBITDA and all these other uh, unfunky uh, uh, things uh, to, to make the company survive. Yeah, and uh, I think that's uh, I think it's very true that um, execution is uh, is uh, uh, very much underrated when you read uh, books about startups. Execution, I'm I'm guessing, has been as has for many companies a challenge in these these COVID times. Um, what's it been like for you? What is it that you've seen, experienced in terms of your customers and, and new market opportunities? Yeah, I mean, you know, we are a, a, um, a services company. Uh, we do professional services, managed services. Um, and of course, um, if, uh, and that's people business in the end of the day. And of course, if, uh, uh, if you have something like COVID and you cannot travel to your customers, you cannot sit on site, you have to stay home and, and stuff like that. Of course, that gives you, uh, uh, let's say, a very dynamic and interesting half year one 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and but but you know, and of course, we we had this uh, also. I think you know, now now everybody has arranged themselves with the situation, and people want to continue. And customers want to continue. We want to continue. So things, I think, things are getting better. But um, in the first half year, also let's say minus the let's say uh, shaky uh, situation of the market um we um we also experienced some very interesting things for example customer loyalty mm. yeah you we did pretty much no new business new logo business but we had also no churn now if you if you know we work for for many of the large german companies like uh, like bmw or siemens or um, volkswagen and then these guys yeah, so when you put switch on the TV and you, you see the news and then there's a, yeah, everybody will go on short-term work, uh, we will lay off 10,000 people and so on and so on. It sounds like, like a nightmare for a provider to, to these guys, yeah. 
but then uh, when when you when you talk to people, um, you find that um, that that, that uh, they have a high loyalty to you, and we continued pretty much all projects that mm. we were working on. We didn't do many up, upgrade business or upsetting or, or stuff like that, um, because of course, let's say budgets are frozen, projects are moved out to the second half year or to 2021. Um, but still, you know, the the customers want to continue with you, and I think that's that's. That's something that makes me very happy to see that there's let's say that this loyalty is not uh, not only towards from us to the customers, which is like the normal thing, but also the loyalty goes from the customer to you, and that's something that I found very interesting and made me very happy personally. I think that's a an, an interesting thread as well. So you've founded a company, you've you've ridden that early stage investment, you you've built it up. Um, no doubt there are a number of elements that you're you're proud of. Um, if you could pick one or two stories that, that you're able to share about um, those elements where as a leader you've been really proud of what you've achieved, and maybe it's not the personal pride, but, but pride in deals won or, or solutions delivered, uh, I'd be really interested in, 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 in that position. Solutions delivered. <laughs> okay. So... Um... So one thing that turned out, uh, the company was, uh, if you ask me about KPIs, yeah, then uh, the, the company was cash flow positive after nine months. Um, that's, I think that's statistically very unlikely to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's something that I still find very cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has, has to do with the pragmatism that we put on the business, yeah, that we, only, we did not only want it to be fancy. We wanted to be fancy, but not only. Yeah, we wanted to be in business and like a sustainable business and that worked really well. Um, yes, and the other thing, um, I think uh, we managed to, to install one of the hippest and most interesting parties in, in Berlin, yeah, because uh, we every year we, we do a party that's the UM Bash. Actually, did, this year was the first year ever we didn't for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but um, and in every other year we, we did this. And um, that the reason was that um, maybe that's also from the music industry something, yeah. Because these guys know how to throw parties, I can tell you. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, I, I want to bring this to the to the IT industry, yeah, where I most people, I, most parties I'm invited. I wouldn't say it's boring, but it's uh, let's say not uh, let's <laughs> say not too much not too much over the top. Let's put it like this. Yeah. And I thought let's change that. And um, yeah, we made some very very underground parties that I'm not going to tell you uh, about <laughs> oh, podcast, but maybe over here. So you might not have read the small print of uh, the signing for doing today's podcast, but that actually included Simon and I coming to the UM Bash next year. So um, we'll see you there. We're really looking forward to it. And our invitation, I know, will we'll come very soon. I mean, you're very much, very much invited to come to the next UM Bash, although I must say today it's more like a professional party, you know, in the old days we were, um, uh, I tell you, I tell you that when you, when you come to the but, next Yeah, UMBash. next time we're in Berlin, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sort of imagine, but thank you for leaving it up to our imagination. <laughs> so, kind of looking forward uh, to the future, kind of beyond uh, uh, COVID, beyond the times that we're in. Um, what do you see are the strategic growth imperatives um, for your business and for the market that you're in, Ravi? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for the cloud space, I think we are just in the middle of a, of a, of the, of a large transformation in, in the whole industry, in all areas. So 
everybody goes to the cloud and I think that will continue for the next years. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's um, let's say, the path forward is quite easy conceptually uh, because uh, you, you just need to continue to help customers go to the cloud uh, and make, let's say, informed and, uh, and, um, and intelligent business decisions and recommendations to customers on how to do that. Yeah, I think the more interesting part is, is on the data side uh, because we come out of a phase where it, it used to be enough to tell customers, uh, you know, we know everything about machine learning and AI and deep learning and, and, and all these things. And uh, that, you know, that would impress people, but that's today, that's not anymore the case. Hmm. Yeah, so the transformation is more into more industry specific um, uh, solutions, uh, into more um, use case oriented, you know, has, have you done this before for, for anybody else? How can you turn that, uh, what used to be a trial and error thing, how can you make that into a best practice or into a product or a service or whatever? Um, and um, that, that, I think that's more transformational because it, it puts more, more method into something that, that, uh, that is a sort of an explore, explorative um, 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 area. And um, that, that's very interesting. And, and you have to change company for that. And you have to change the way you work with customers and to change the way you, are, you put your arguments in front of the customer on why to use this technology or that technology. And um, that, that's, more trans, that's more transformational for the service providers and more interesting, I think. Yeah, and we, we're kind of looking at almost um, in, in leveraging the new technologies to drive digital transformation for our customers and, and for the market we're entering into. It's, it's almost three layers of, of value that you've, you've um, kind of touched on there. I think there's the layer of value that's just and let's just have a look at this data, this new data. Let's be, let's, if I can visualize it in ways um, that I've not been able to do before because I've never had access to it before, that's kind of layer one. <laughs> Add some business rules um, and so on top of your data um, to inform um, KPIs and drive KPIs out of that data is the next layer of value. But then the kind of really exciting piece for me is then how to leverage uh, machine learning to drive, I think, kind of exponential um, achievement of value um, over and above those those first two two layers. I know that's kind of an area that you 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 certainly into already and and looking to develop and to grow. What is what does that look like for you in terms of how you build out the team um, and what you want to achieve in that that technology space? Yeah, I, th I think uh, I think uh, let's say oh we we are currently changing the company. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say we 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 turn it upside down, but we follow the path of. Uh, you know, if if they are, if they, the market is, is a little bit shaky, then it's it's the right time to make big changes. Well, wow. yeah, because it will give you a competitive advantage when things go back to normal, which mm -hmm. they, they I guess will some one day. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we are doing a lot of change. We are optimizing everything we ever wanted to optimize. We have a complete new delivery organization set up that will be uh, that actually is uh, is in place since October first. Yeah, that brings together um, 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 the cloud guys and the data guys uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a different way to reflect you know, how we go, go to the market today or how we think we need, need to go to the market in, in, in the future. Yeah, we will install a more business-oriented uh, guys um, in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in the consulting um, just to make sure that we are better able to, to deliver towards uh, industry requirements. Um, like I said um, uh, 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 before, 
um, that that will be more important. And um, also, we uh, we are we have a completely new uh, setup for for knowledge sharing and knowledge setups. Um, yeah, to make sure that um, I mean, still of course, know-how is is uh, king in this in this uh, this industry. So how we deal with it and how we make sure that people uh, get informed about latest technologies and stuff. So that's a lot of changes. So we have a lot of questions from the team. How will it work? How can it work? Can it ever work? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we say it's it's in effect since uh, since uh, yeah since uh, one week, since October first, and um, yeah. Well, so it we was see a if that successful or not. Yeah, we find out later. There was a wonderful nugget, and I'm going to call it wisdom. I don't know if that makes you old or not, but it was a, a piece of wisdom that you had right in the the front the front part of that, which you said, which was around in in difficult times. Um, that's the time to shake up your business if you want to continue to take uh, market leadership position. Uh, that that's uh, for me is an awesome insight, and I thank you for sharing that. Um, Machine, so machine learning then it's, you know, it's a term that we kind of freely use and I think everybody knows and understands it and a few people might understand that there's a lot more to it than just, um, you know, machine learning and there's different types of it. How do you, if you kind of think and consider of how to, to make that real and move it from jargon to business value, um, how do you see that playing out? What would you have your teams do in order to achieve that? I think it comes from the customers. That's not so much how, how, how we change. I mean, the, the customers start to ask way more specific questions about things. So we just reflect that and, you know, we just mirror what we understand uh, people are interested in. Yeah, so as, as I said earlier on, yeah, the, the, the customers get much more informed about what, what, are the, what is the potential of, of machine learning, for example. Yeah. yeah. So they have way more specific questions. So you have to set up yourself to answer these specific questions and not to, let's say, make the, make the big uh, artificial intelligence show and then everybody's excited. Uh, but um, yeah, to be more pragmatic and more uh, to the point and more industry specific. And um, so to set that up, um, as, as I said, we, did, we are doing a lot of changes currently to, uh, in the company. And um, we will have a we will have more guys that are more business oriented, yeah. And we will not be uh, you know the, the the funny guys who speak to the to the business guys and make them uh, you know have something to tell their friends in, in the bar for after after work beer, <laughs> yeah. So more uh, more to impress uh, the guys when they talk to the CFO the next time, yeah. I know you've had um, some some really, from my perspective and from down here under, some some really impressive um, case studies and customers that you've worked on and, and problems that you've solved, difficult problems that you've solved. Um, do you have one or two favorites that you could you could talk to us about? Um, yes, actually, I have, I have one favorite that that's a project we did for uh, for uh, um, a wind turbine park in in that some, somewhere in the sea. And um, so what I learned um, is that uh, the most expensive thing in these, uh, in these uh, wind, wind turbine parks is, uh, is the, the, um, to, um, to service um, all the wind turbines that, um, that, um, that break down um, with a, a service ship. So, um, and um, the, the thing we were challenged with is, could we predict which wind turbines would break? Oh you know, uh, need, would need service before they actually needed that service. Hmm. And that would enable us to, uh, and, and, and would enable the customer to have a better route planning for the ship. 
And since it's, let's say, what I learned is a very expensive part of the whole thing, um, that would, uh, of course, is a good cost-saving cost potential. But also, it's a, it's a very interesting, um, let's say, it's a very inter interesting way of using uh, machine learning to do something completely different that you never, heard, you know, never thought of. And how we did it was also interesting. Um, normally, you have, uh, you have you have computer data, data like text data or numbers or something. But we uh, we use audio data to detect uh, the, the the failures. That's like you sit in, the, in your car in the morning and you turn the key, and if there's something wrong, you know it. Mm -hmm. because something sounds weird hmm. and since you, you turn the key thousands of times you instantly know something is wrong and this 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 uh this principle we applied that to a machine that would listen to the to the wind turbines all day and say hmm. i think there's something wrong with that with that wind turbine let's look at it hmm. yeah and uh, so that's a it's a i think that's a very interesting um, example of how you can turn something that, from the real world uh, that everybody knows, like your car, and you, you turn the key into something that's applied then to to industry technology. Yeah, that's one thing. And I love it. That's a, that's a cool story. Yeah, and I like the I like the link between you know turning your car key um, and using using sound to to drive into that. That's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Um, I guess moving to the famous three questions and, and one of them you may have already answered um, in terms of what the next six to 18 months holds, uh, which is the, the shakeup of, of UM and, and creating opportunity for, for what comes post COVID. But what other areas do you see your role needs to influence uh, in the coming period to, to take advantage of, of what's coming next? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, of course, uh, the, the, the interesting question to everybody, what's coming next? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but I, I have, a, have a, 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 let's say, an opinion on that. You know, I think that, um, that um, the next big thing in IT will be everything around environmental friendliness. Mm. So everything eco, everything, let's say, small CO2 footprint uh, and all, all these things. Now, the IT industry over the last 50, maybe 100 years was always about, let's say, building things up and growing and making things better and so on. And uh, nowadays, the whole industry has such a big impact on, 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 on the whole industry and the environment um, yes, with the energy, energy consumption, with the production of uh, technologies that consume resources uh, that, uh, that are uh, uh, quite rare and so on. So I think this is the next big thing that to optimize towards the environment. Mm. Um, so yeah. if you if you want to if you want to quit your job and make a startup company, I recommend you do something in that area. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, Simon, we should introduce Ravin to one of our other guests who heads up a, a division of of a partner of ours called Aqualab, and it's it's looking how we can solve the world's uh, water crisis. Um, as a as a linkage, so so maybe there's something there together. This can form a new consortium or something exciting. <laughs> um, and so beyond that, I guess you've answered the question around the the the, the future that you see for for technology. But but what do you think will shape the future of um, of UM and and the direction of UM? I guess you're going through a, you've gone through a significant growth phase acquisition now by. By, um, and partnership with with Orange Business Services, 
what next? What's the what's the vision or the hope for UM within the within the world that we're in? Well, I mean, of course, we are now part of a bigger picture. So um, it's not my entire, let's say, decision on you know how 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 the company will change. Obviously, so I'm I'm uh, I'm afraid I cannot let's say give you a precise answer on that one. But um, you know, the, the ultimate um, let's say hope of any founder, I guess, is that the business you have founded that that will sustain in any way. Yeah, regardless of you know how it will change and you know what what uh, more parameters you get and changes, but of course you want the business to sustain and to continue to create value, and um, you know that that's my let's say that's my future hope and um, and um, I think there's so much potential in 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 the markets we are in, and there are so many interesting things have still happening, and it's uh, you know we are still only see in in machine learning. I think we only still see the tip of the iceberg of what's you know what's what's going in the future. Yeah. So there's uh, let's say so many interesting things that I'm really you know keen to let's say get more support for what we think we should bring to the customers by our in in our new context. Yeah, but um, you know, I think from what I, I hear and feel and people talk to me, at least everybody tells me that we have a bright future in, in our new family. Yeah, so. yeah. And yeah. open door to open up an office in Australia, by the way, anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely consider that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially coming into your winter and into our summer, now might be the time to consider a site visit um, when, when, the, when the airlines allow. Um, I'm interested, I'm, I'm sure you've got a long list um, and, and maybe a surprising list, um, but some leading lights in business that, that either you're operating in or that you, you, you take great learning from um, and inspiration from. Who are, who are some of the names that, that we, we can learn from? You know, I, th I think I, I will give you a boring answer. Yeah, because I, th I, st I still think that you know, my favorite company in the world is, is, is Amazon. Because, you know, I see these guys, if I look back, you know, 15 years, 20 years, I see, you know, these guys have invented so many things in, in, in our industry um, and professionalized. And, uh, and when we're talking about execution, I think these guys are the absolute super kings of execution. Yeah, I mean, they, they started with e-commerce and they executed on that. And then they went into cloud computing. They invented the category, they invented the industry and they became a market leader and so on and so on. And now if you look at what they're doing with AI, these guys are, you know, I think it's very remarkable company, very remarkable company. Not to say that other companies are not remarkable, but I think these guys have done so many things and so many different things, very different things in the same company with the same brain sitting on top. You know, that's, I think that's very impressive. I don't think that's a boring answer at all. I think it's, um, it's a really powerful answer because it also links to that, that component from ideation through to execution and, and, and execution being the, the absolute critical component of, of any idea. Um, there are hundreds of ideas, as you mentioned, but, but being able to execute on those is what really, really matters. And, and that's where Amazon is without peer. Um, in terms of, of that transformation and that, that continual evolution that they keep going on. It, it, is, it is amazing. Um, good, a good full circle, I think, uh, Paul. And you kind of started off with um, AWS being that which um, spurred you to, to take on um, a market leading position. Does your bank manager know who, who Amazon is these days, Ravi? These days, uh, they know what it is. 
and I think that they even do not think it's only the the, the website where you order your stuff. Yeah, they, I think wow, that's the, that's an informed position. Well done, very advanced bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great conversation. We've learned uh, lots from you, Ravin. Thank you for taking the time out in Berlin. Um, please send our greetings to your team there, and thank you. It's been lovely having yes. you. Yes, thanks, very much. Paul, for, for inviting me. It was a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you today. Yeah. And I'll see you soon when we open our office in uh, Australia, right? Yeah. We'll, <laughs> or we'll or look when you come to the UN bench, whatever comes first. Well, let's just do both. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, again, thank you, Ravin, for, for your time. Um, and for our listeners and followers, um, please have a look into the unbelievable machine company, the, the amount of uh, exciting case studies and things that are happening in, in that part of our business is is incredibly uh, exciting for us all and um, we look forward to to welcoming you to Australia at some point mate uh, for sure uh, and uh, thank you again for your time it's been an absolute pleasure guys thanks for having me I see you soon